Um, uh, I like Loveless by My Bloody Valentine, which I came to way late in the game, by the way. This is not, listen, I, I don't want anybody to think I've been listening to this since I was like 14. No. Can I Can I have, a, I have an important question? Please. Here. What What is the game? No one, I don't, didn't know we were playing a game. What are you talking about? You said you came to this way late in the game. Sorry, I'm just The being game asshole. is the record game, the listening to records game. The re- listening That's to the records. game I'm talking That's a, It's a game to you. I yes. take this very seriously. Well, I call it a game, but I mean it in the most professional way. Oh, like, as a, like NBA level. Like you're as, like the Steph Curry of listening to records. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I know. No. <laughs> I'm like the... I don't know. Just hey, everybody. My name is Matt. I'm Jason. Uh, we uh, we started this podcast to uh, not have our notes in front of us when we start the intro because there's something wrong with us. But we started this podcast because we like listening to records and um, we wanted to celebrate the music that we like. But it's not just the records that we like. It's just records that mean a lot to us personally, and we get into that stuff. Some history, some facts, but mostly how, like, personally it sort of affected us. Yeah, I mean, we've been friends since high school, and we played in all these bands together. And so music's always been a part of our friendship, and why not talk about some of the things we care about? You know, good albums, bad albums, great albums, shitty albums. Exactly. That's what we're doing on We Listen Two, two, two records, records, records. We listen to records. (laughs) Thank you, Uh Matt. Thank you. Um, So, this is, I'm just going to give you a quote from Kevin Shields. So, this is My Bloody Valentine? Lead singer and guitarist of My Bloody Valentine. Right. He's talking about noise. Usually people would experience a type of sensory deprivation and they would lose the sense of time. It would force them to be in the moment. And since people don't usually get to experience that, there'd be a sense of elation. There'd be a feeling of, wow, that was really weird. I don't know what happened, but I suddenly heard this symphony. It was such a huge noise with so much texture to it. It allowed people to imagine anything. Like when you hypnotize somebody and nothing becomes something. That's what the whole purpose became. Uh, every melody was in their, in everyone's head. All the strings on the bass are played at the same time, and then me with this whammy pedal able to go two octaves lower and then bring it up and down like that. And then with various distortion pedals, I could change the texture of the noise whenever I wanted so it wasn't just like one sound. It was just sort of moving along somehow. It was the best part of the night, always. And each night, it was an experiment to see how long it would take for the audience to turn from like one state to another. A certain percentage of the audience would start sticking their fingers up at us or they would put their hands up in the air with their eyes closed or do something physical. I mean, pretty much it would always go on. Pretty much I would go on as long as it took to change the audience. When it became clear that the audience changed totally, even if it was one person left with their fingers in the air or their ears, we'd wait for them to give into it. Sometimes it would take 40 minutes for that one individual to give up. When the audience was fully and utterly done, we had the signal process where I would look at Debbie, uh, the uh, bassist, and we'd go back into the final parts of the song. That's something we could only do um, when we did, because now we've got all various accumulated ear damage and other conditions. I'm definitely <laughs> I'm definitely in the future not going to do experiments like that. The sound of clacking plates really hurts my ears now. <laughs> Okay, so so to me, this record, I mean, yes, it's the beginning of shoegaze, and you have this whole sort of coined term in the English press of, like, bands that look at their feet and they don't really, you know, they just create these sort of, you know, little walls of sound. But this is to the extreme. I mean, Kevin Shields is beyond like and i love that idea because i have definitely experienced that in certain shows i mean with the with the like um you know like we like we covered with russian circles and and those um almost kind of metal you know extremely loud instrumental stuff i've definitely had those moments where i've just been sort of like i don't really know what i'm hearing right now or like like mono sometimes you'll get that or like live i've just been like 
this I don't recognize this but I'm also I know that I'm sort of like making up the melody that's happening a little bit because it's just overwhelming you know and I love the idea that they're they were trying to capture that again you know not unlike Sonic Youth from last week they had this really particular idea in mind and sort of went you know completely for it well it's one of those things okay i'm going to admit at the upfront that i was not familiar with this album when you asked to to talk about it in the show okay and I, but when i put it on i got it and i put it on i am there are two or three songs that i immediately recognize sure right so it was in my world like people around me probably you but people in my world were listening to this enough that i when it when a few of the songs came on I was just like, oh, okay, I recognize this. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you were talking about shoegaze, which is we we've talked a little bit about shoegaze previously with in in previous episodes, um, and later on when we do times new Viking, we'll talk about shit gaze. <laughs> <laughs> but I just first of all, I just have to say I love 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 how the British have so many words for doing nothing, right? They have shoegaze, they have train spotting. I mean, there's just so many of these things where it's just like, I, you know, okay, you've come up with a lot of words for doing film stuff. Um, but this album, okay, so this, I'm just going to launch right in. This album hit me hard because while I was not all that familiar with this album, I, I did listen to a fair amount of My Bloody Valentine um, and immediately was reminded of another band that I love, love, love from this era uh, called Curve. You oh, yeah, Curve? yeah, 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 right. Totally. And I would put them kind of in the same category of this, like, just layered, noisy, crazy sound. And then, like, a pop song sneaks out from underneath. Yeah, right, right. right. Which is, in a lot of ways, the definition of what would come, like, in early 2000s with the, quote-unquote, shit gaze movement. <laughs> like, I'm New Viking is just, like, layers and layers and layers of noise, but, like, a pop song sneaks out from underneath somehow, Right. Yeah, and that's that's my experience with my bloody Valentine. Is the tracks on this album that work are the ones where I get my like Sonic Youth noise, like he said yeah. in that quote, that yeah. kind of like you drift off into some sort of mental state that's kind of separate from your body. Like yeah, that, I like that. That works totally. And then and then they like anchor you back to earth with like a really cool hook or just like a really cool like moment. You're right. like, oh okay, I'm, I'm back out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like you know, this track. It, Turn this track up. This is probably my favorite. Well, you know what's crazy is this is this is 91 also, by the way. 1990. So our last episode, Sonic Youth Goo, yeah. was our last episode. Yeah. 1990. I, I mean, this was released... In 1991. November 4th. So it came out after Goo, but not by much. Well, by a year. Oh, Goo is 90? Zero? Yeah, Goo is 90. Oh, yeah. okay. 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 That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's listen to I Only Said. couple things listening to this track that that i'm reminded of uh finding out about this record that i thought were super interesting um uh kevin shields for whatever reason really honed in on the whammy bar which i think is amazing and i kind of had no idea and once you know this this sound makes so much sense uh he constantly he played everything with the whammy bar basically like you know compressed 
so that sure. he could play with that sound that's like you know that's kind of like driving sort of like like a note is never played static it's always like either coming out of it or into it because he's just he just the string tension is constantly being fucked with which i think is amazing and that who does that you know like who has ever like taken that that seriously other than to just fuck around with it with at your friend's house for two seconds and then you're like oh that's fine like a like a uh like a wah-wah pedal or something you're like oh this is cool but like i'm not gonna put this in a song it's like ridiculous well yeah (laughs) because it's the sign of an amateur in a lot of ways like you know everybody who saw you know Jimi hendrix videos when they were in like (laughs) high school you know and like it's just the sign of like you don't know what you're doing right it's the sign of like in order to make this sound good this has to be your life and it's fucking not but Kevin Shields made the whammy bar his fucking life and uh (laughs) it and it just it gives you that incredible sort of sound of like here there are no static notes and again I have to go back to Sonic Youth and these weird tunings and their fucked up guitars you know I think well, Kevin I mean, Shields I, achieves that say, by like, when you, through his When you playing. bring in Sonic Youth, like, my thing in the 90s and the 2000s now is that, like, wall of sound noise. Like, I, mm. I don't really like lyrics in my music yeah, unless yeah, they're yeah. just part of the noise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I loved, like, at the same time that this album came out, I loved the Poster Children, right? Uh-huh. Daisy Chain Reactions, fucking great album. Yeah. You know, I loved Curve. I loved Sonic Youth. Like, like just, I loved that just being washed over with just this epic amounts of noise. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I honestly am surprised I didn't fall in love with this album. I don't even know how I missed this one because this is yeah. exactly what I just would have devoured in 91. Just like, no, same, bury same me, here. bury me, bury me in sound. Same here. I listened to probably like second or third generation removed from this record at the time. Right. And then only... I don't know, years later when it was like, oh, Loveless is this fucking great record. And I was always like, uh, my bloody Valentine? I don't know. Well, and then, you know, when you kind eventually of work backward from like the descendants, the grandkids musically. Right. And you, and you get to the grandparents. It's always a weird experience. Like, you know, like a, an, like I loved a Jesus and Mary Chain. Right. But like barbed wire kisses is really hard to get into if you started with reverence. Right. right, 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 right. Or right. honey, I guess it's called Honey's Dead. Honey's Dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. You like if you work backward to barbed wire kisses, you're like, eh, it's all right, you know. Yeah. And I feel like having sort of like fallen in love with this just monster wall of sound thing that was coming out of, especially out of the American Midwest well, at this time. My Bloody Valentine seems kind of quaint and British and like, oh, it's cute. Right, right, right. Well, what's what's funny is Jesus uh, Mary Chain were also on Creation Records, which makes sense. Which this album is also notorious for for almost bankrupting the label for the amount of time supposedly that that Kevin Shields took to record this. When really, like, and I'm re- I'm relying heavily on uh, Mike McGonagall's thirty three and a third book, Loveless. Um, he's the editor of Yeti, which is a great music uh, magazine. Um, uh, you know, from direct interviews with him, that basically. What happened was they it just took it just took forever because they would be like because Creation had no money, Creation Records was another like um, uh, uh, factory records situation where it's like a couple sure. of guys in in uh, Scotland who were like yeah we have like a, a thousand pounds let's just you know put out some some records and they happened to put out Jesus and Mary Chain which became a huge hit and then they were like. Okay, so we've got some money now, sort of, but now we're also trying to distribute this massive record. Like we're in way too, we're in way over our heads, and now yeah. we we've got these guys, My Bloody Valentine, who had just put out um, some super interesting weirdo singles and twelve inches and stuff. They were like, "Well, we want you guys to do a series, you know, a real record." And Kevin Chills was all about it. So, it w- but it was a case of like. Uh, the band at the time is all living like in like squats and fucking uh, the drummer actually for most of this record they said had like done broken his ankle or something so he couldn't really drum so what they, so what Kevin Shields did was he took samples of all of his drum hits so far on the record and assembled all of the drums on this record basically oh wow and he would test people and he would play 
the track where he drummed live versus the one where they had put together and people couldn't tell the difference and he was like That's great amazing. so I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this together and the and the drummer the called, difference from Billy Corgan we talked yeah, about a few of them yeah and the drummer was basically like yeah I w- my leg was fucked up and I, ha- I was going through a really bad like relationship and and um, yeah Kevin just like put my performance together and I just, you know, was like... I mean, speaking of factory (laughs) records, I know we don't do movies because we listen to records, but um, at some point we should do an episode about that movie, 24 Hour Party Oh, we should. Because it's come up a lot. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much in there. That's a good Um, one. So let's do this. Uh, You know, we listen to records, so let's listen to an extended chunk of the first track on this album called Only Shallow. Oh, yes. episode when we were talking about Sonic Youth and their album Goo. Yes. Uh, the reason that you picked this album yes. is Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth in an interview with The Guardian newspaper from England basically kind of trashed this band and a couple <laughs> other like Manchester nine, late, you know, late 90s era bands um, and uh basically said that they changed their sound with the trends they would always just kind of change to be whatever was popular at the moment and you know if the soup dragons moved to new york they'd be in disco or whatever (laughs) um so to my ear this album is remarkably consistent and very i mean it's very on trend but it's also very distinct and no 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 they started a trend there was nothing like this before they created this trend and have stuck to it because you know this band better than i do yeah Thurston Moore was trashing them in 1990. This yeah. album comes out in 91. What did My Bloody Valentine oh. sound like before okay. this album? That's true. Yeah, they do they do get into that a little bit. They were sort they were really a little bit all over the place in the early early days. Like I think they were really like and I, and I don't it definitely was not a case of like we're we're going with the trends. It was a case of like there's not maybe there's not the greatest amount of talent in this city in scotland and we're just drawing from every possible side 
project people that we can. Somebody sure. wants to sing vocals on this thing. Somebody wants to do that until finally well, hold, they settled. Hold, hold into, on one second. Just yeah. before we get tons of emails from all yeah. of our fans. Okay. They're from Dublin, Ireland. Just to clarify. Oh, fuck. Okay. Creation Records is from anyway. Sorry. Yeah. They're yeah. from oh, Ireland. That's cool. So yes. That's cool. <laughs> Stop the emails. Yeah. No, we don't need any, any hate mail. <laughs> we don't need the one email <laughs> from someone. Uh, but yes, yes. Anyway, so anyway, I think it was a case of like it's a it's a small town and they're just sort of, you know, playing with the idea and they have different people and they recorded some stuff as my bloody Valentine and variations on that name. I mean they were a little bit like just seeing what would stick until they finally settled into the um, the arrangement, which was pretty much for the for the whole. You know, I guess I you know, I, but see, this is this is where maybe Thurston was like too uh, too tied into the scene because he only he would have heard that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. That other stuff was probably existed in a few hundred copies of a seven inch or a random single on some tiny label that, so no one would have even heard anything before. Um, not loveless, but like one or two records before loveless, which sound similar to this. They're not like, right. this is the epitome of this sound, but they definitely were playing with all of the, um, uh, washes of guitars and, and layers and stuff. Sure. Um, so, so I just pulled you know. up the Wikipedia page for Creation Records, yeah. and again to stop the hate mail, London, England is where they're from. Okay, um, I don't know. But listen to listen I'm to some about. of the stuff that they had in like the mid eighties. Oh, Creation Records, like early nineties. Yeah, Jesus and Mary Chain. Yep. Primal Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, felt. I don't know that. Uh, felt was pretty good. The Weather Prophets, uh, My Bloody Valentine, of course. So like a weird range of. You know, that's kind of, those are kind of their big names. And then you kind of right. look down at the, the major bands that they had. And it's kind of all over the place. But it's like Britpop. But then they had Sugar, which was like the huh. Husker Du spinoff band. Like Bob Wait, Wold's really? one, one of his projects. Oh, wow. Velvet Crush. I mean, it's such a weird range. Teenage Fan Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was Looking the other big one. Swerve Driver. Do you remember Swerve yeah. Driver? We should do a whole episode sure. on those guys sometime. Um, yeah, so it's like a, it's like a label that was kind of... It looks like they were just ride was on there, so it looks like they okay. were doing. They went from shoegaze to trying to just become like the central like Britpop shoegaze label, guided sure. by voices. By the way, oh really? Weird. Um, the, the cramps. Where did that? Okay. <laughs> oh, so anyway, it's a it's a weird weird history on this label. So but, there there is uh, and so there is this like um, uh, you know my mythology of this record almost bankrupt creation records because and people and this was all goes back to this book that somebody wrote that a lot of it wasn't factual and completely fabricated and like and it's all due to the fact that uh, if you look at loveless if you look at the engineers the engineered by like credits there's literally sure. 30 plus people and that and and for the, and the amount of time it took to record was because like they said they had no money and they would go into the studio for a couple days at a time a week at a time and they would be all different shitty spaces all over England wherever they could and that's why they worked with a hundred different engineers because there were a hundred different engineers and and it's only because Kevin Shields was like well yeah I'm gonna put them on the record they were a part of making this album i'm putting him on the record and all of this him being nice essentially turned into oh look at this overblown fucking like right, record right. that almost bankrupt the label and blah 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 meanwhile he's like well no i'm just giving them credit because they actually helped us in some way even if they just sat there and drank tea he says like right. they helped us record the record so i'm giving them credit that's I mean, so british yeah. um, well here throw on another track that you like okay. um you're more familiar with this album than i am and then i've got a, a, a few things i want to share in you know since i started looking into this okay i'm gonna do uh sometimes nice
listening to it. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to our Gish Oh, I know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got like, that feeling too. I was like, oh, you got the same feeling? But yikes. then I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm just, my Believe Valentine sits in such a, a huge nexus of bands that were all kind of producing, not similar, well, similar sounds, like yeah. innovative stuff, but similar shoegazy stuff that's yeah. going on. Like, this sounds a lot like Curve, this sounds a lot, and, and this is all a year or two before Gish, and it's just making me fucking hate that album <laughs> even more. <laughs> <laughs> to just like hear this song and be like, oh, all right. you did was kind of rip this off and make it shittier. <laughs> like, fuck you. You know, oh like you're God. doing you're doing like Wallace Sound Midwest noise thing, and then you're like, oh, I've got to sound like a Brit pop shoegaze band for one. Like, fuck you. You know, it's it's funny. I just remembered too. For as much like sort of. Yeah, kind of shit that Kevin Shields sort of gets for being like this perfectionist fucking like whatever you right. know oh he just want to you know uh, it took him so long to put this album out and then the, their follow up record came out maybe two years ago to Loveless you know <laughs> which is awesome by the way and I think it's just self titled like they are a little weird and uh, um, but Kevin Shields does all kinds of side projects and like for like just just sound des- designing which i think is awesome but what's crazy about this record again is like um uh debbie the bassist did not actually perform on this record this was all kevin shields playing bass but he put her name on it as like well she's the bass player and she you know that's her credit and then he put together all the drum stuff from samples and then he uh he he played the other guitar parts and um uh but gave uh well, what's her face credit um uh deb debbie butcher deb oh shit i forget her first name anyway the point is he's like he's like yeah they're part of the band they've come up with this stuff too i just happen to be the one that's like playing it in the studio whatever big deal like all, all I'm getting from finding more about them is that is what a like honestly generous guy he is in giving everyone credit for this but himself you know what I mean it's kind of nuts right. when he really came up with this entire record well, which like, is I mean, insane not to keep talking shit about the same person over and yeah, over yeah. But it's like the anti-Billy Corgan <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah seriously um, well so here's the thing when I when I mean I knew who this band was but when yeah. I when you put the words My Bloody Valentine into the Google <laughs> first thing that comes up is a movie oh yeah no they named themselves after the Canadian knockoff of Friday the 13th yeah it's called My Bloody Valentine <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious um, and it's there's nobody famous in it and it's from I've seen it a bunch of times oh really actually, oh my god it's, it's like good bad yeah okay you know, knockoff horror yeah um, but then I started thinking because the word bloody yeah is like an e- English word that Americans don't use oh but right it right basically right. it's kind of a swear word yeah so I went to Urban Dictionary and I poked around a little bit and basically the, the Americans think that bloody is like an alternative to the word fucking like that's a fucking good cup of right, coffee right right but, but it's more like it's more tame than that it's more like the word damn mm-hmm. like you can, you can kind of use it in polite company it's like it's like an emphasis word right like, right right that's a damn fine cup of coffee <laughs> um, okay but, but then you take that back into like you know my bloody valentine the movie the word bloody refers to blood like murder yeah but in like British slang, the word bloody, it'd be more like my damn Valentine or <laughs> yeah. my awesome Valentine or my awful Valentine or like right. whatever sort of variation on British slang that you want to apply to that. But it's like it, the word literally changes when it crosses the ocean. And yeah, I think that's right. I- interesting in a weird way. I don't know what it means. I don't right. know why they chose it as a title for their band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. I remember being, you know, whatever I would be, would have been 16, 17 when this album came out. And like, you know, growing up in a culture of Slayer and, and Pantera and metal, <laughs> yeah. like my my bloody Valentine to me should have been like Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Just based on, on the name alone, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like sing songy Irish shoegaze, and I was like, mm, I don't know what's going on here. I'm confused. It was yeah, right. a very weird experience. I think that's why I never got into them. Yeah, like, yeah. Because at that age and in that moment the band name 
well, it meant something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. 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 And like I, 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 I'm, I can't. I don't really recall specifically thinking this, but like I can imagine sort of having a, a mental disconnect between like expecting something that sure. my bloody Valentine sets you up to think, especially right. having seen the movie. Right. And then, you know, uh, and then the music that they produced. Like I just, it was such a disconnect. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's. It's another example of just a pretty random band name that means something after the fact, but really, like, is very haphazard. You know what I mean? I mean like, just you know, like you their creation, once in a really. Band called Velcro Kitty. <laughs> yeah, play. exactly. It's 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 really the the equivalent of just like let's put some stupid words together and look. I saw this Pearl dumb jam. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, yes. I saw this stupid movie. Let's be. Let's be. Let's. He named my bloody Valentine, and then next thing you know, like you come up with Loveless, and you're like, oh fuck. Well, I guess. Well, and, and not. I guess we're stuck with it. Our previous episode, but naming yourself Sonic Youth is awesome when you're 20, right? But when you're like 50. Well, there's there's numerous stories in that uh, book too from last week of uh, super punker skinhead kids coming out for shows and being like, what the fuck is this? And just like rioting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when they played like, just like in like touring with Evil and Sister and stuff they would you know Sonic Youth is on the bill oh awesome it's like it's like uh, whatever Reagan yeah. Youth or something and yeah, then youth no associated with like you yeah. know skinhead exactly variations on you know punk you know hardcore oh, yeah. punk you yeah. know uh, yeah. anti-Nazi pro-Nazi whatever yeah I'm sure yeah, they Sonic regretted that like, uh, some nights like fuck we gotta change this name <laughs> <laughs> so back to my bloody Valentine yeah um so, not for nothing, yeah. and I, 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 I don't know much about this band. So again, I don't. I'm, I'm not commenting anything specific. But we're talking about 1991 Dublin, yeah, right? Right. Right. Like this is maybe not the peak of the troubles, but definitely we're still in oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the tail end of the troubles sure. here. I mean, this is not like happy, you know, economically stable Ireland <laughs> that we have now. This is still like you know segregated, semi war zone, you know, Ireland, right? Right. 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 I, and, and I mean, like how much, you know, how much does that color the sound? Yeah. Because I think of the sound as more of a London, like, you know, Britpop shoegaze sound. But right. there's definitely something going on here because I hear shades of the Cranberries, who are another Irish band from the era. Right. There's like hints at um, Sinead O'Connor in here. Like there's a lot mm. layered in that I wonder if I'm not catching because I'm not... I wasn't really immersed in that cultural moment yeah, in oh, any yeah. aspect. Like, right. you know, so I don't know what you, do you know anything about that? No, there, no, the book doesn't address any of that. And, and I don't really see anything. I didn't come across anything like that online other than here's where they're from. That's about it. Um, I mean, I can sort of, I, I can't really make a, any sort of connection there either between sort of probably what was happening there and the sound at least, I can't equate those two things together. Um, um, other than other than you're in this part of the world, probably a little bit isolated and sort of like right. we're just doing our own thing. And uh, oh look, we just came up with this crazy, you know. You're just trying to survive original it. sound. Yeah, right, right. And I mean, again, according, according to Wikipedia, the 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 the, the period that they date the troubles to is 68 to 98. So this is definitely sort of mid late. Yeah. You know, right. Still, still sort of late guerrilla warfare, IRA, like yeah, yeah, Sinn yeah, yeah. Fein is still coming to power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's so, interesting and, though. That's, a, yeah, that's yeah. something to think Sorry. about. No, no, that's something to, to think about for sure. Um, uh, going back to the, the vocals, I, I, I love all the stuff I read about him, you know, people asking him, well, what's, what's this song about? Or what, you know, what, what is the, with this line here? And he's deliberately like the way we would record vocals. First of all, um, the, uh, the, um, oh gosh, I can't find, I can't find her name <laughs> now. Um, Belinda butcher which i i love that name i don't know why i can't get it right um she would sort of sing something and then he would go in the booth and sort of write his lyrics based on what he thought she was saying and then record a track in like a higher 
voc falsetto vocal than hers. <laughs> so you have like multiple sets of vocals. And then they would let the engineer pick which takes he liked. So like you have this kind of telephone game of vocals happening, which I think is amazing. <laughs> right? Where and they literally like if you try if you go to those all those websites that are like, oh, you know, voc lyrics, you know, lyrics websites, they're all wrong and they all are different and he won't say yes or no about any of them. He's just like, nope, it's whatever you, you know. And I think that's such a part of this sound, too. And it's kind of an amazing statement to just be like, yeah, we don't give a shit about vocals. These are just another sound, basically. Right. And, well, I, and again, I love like that the, idea. Speaking of that sort of wall of sound thing, I mean, there were a few bands from this era that were just like, the, the lyrics are just part of, they're just another instrument. Mm. So, I mean, the poster children on Daisy, they have a song called Water. Yeah. And the lyrics to the song are one, two, three, four, water, 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 <laughs> one, two, three, four, water. Just like over and over and over again. And you're like, awesome. that's, that's the song. Like, you have lyrics, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I guess. Right. right you know, right. and I'm fine with, like, I'm, I love that song. I mean, is that, is that any band. different than, like, baby, bye, bye, bye. Yay, right. let's like, walk I have over never, here. I mean, it's uh, well, my, my buddy Valentine stupidity. obviously is not a band I'm all that familiar with, but right. like now that this is part of my life, right. I'm never going to put this on and be like, I'm going to sing along to this. Yeah. I'm going to put in the effort to try to learn and memorize the lyrics and like sing along to this stuff. Right? That no, would be it, great, it, though. It, I don't want to call it background noise. It's like, it's like... I listen to music like this when my internal monologue is going too crazy. Yeah. And yeah, like I'm yeah. obsessing over work shit or mm. I'm obsessing over something that I can't change in the world. Yeah. Donald Trump being fucking president or yeah. whatever. Right. And I just, I need to like shut down the internal monologue. And it's like, it's like the musical equivalent of like wrapping yourself tightly in like a fuzzy blanket. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, or, or Temple Grandin building that machine that would squeeze her. You know that? Yeah. You see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what it's this like, is. It's the music equivalent yeah. of just like a giant sonic white noise <laughs> yeah. that just overwhelms everything that's going on and yeah, it's, like it's comforting. True. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that initial quote that you read at the start of this podcast. Like mm-hmm. it takes you out of your existence in a in a weird way. It's true. And yeah. what I love about this type of music is it's I, I up until a week ago, I'd never heard this album in its entirety. I'd mm-hmm. heard the song, right, but I'd right, never right. heard it from front to back. And by the time I got done with it, it was like I had I'd like gone through a whole like a like a full body massage or something <laughs> like like a like a like a full psychological cleansing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it just it just crushes out all other n- noise, all yeah. other thought. Yeah, like to the point where you're five. You know, by the time you get to whatever it is, track seven, I only said, yeah. like, there's no room in soundscape. There's no room in your psychological space for anything other <laughs> than just this epic <laughs> sound. Yep. And so, who, who gives a shit what they're saying? I don't care. Like, right. like I, the last right. thing I need is some dude talking about his ex fucking girlfriend or whatever. Right. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. But just like crush my own internal monologue out of my head Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. this works so well yeah no it's true it's a great like city soundtrack kind of record where where i'm like you know what i just want something to drone out the like uh mental people on the train and like the subway announcer and like the fucking screech of the brakes from the train, you know. Yeah. I want to drown all that out. Let me put this on, and it will just, you know, be that yeah. sort of white noise that's like absolutely nothing. I think or, you could listen to this in the middle of like D Day, landing in D Day. Specific thing. <laughs> right. But that's it. That's all you got room for. You got one. You got one. Yeah, yeah. But like, really, you could be in like the most horrific situation or whatever, and just sort of like be able to zone everything out with this on and just sort of get through it which maybe that's uh maybe that's ireland in in the uh maybe early maybe 90s that, you know that's some poignant analysis from we listen to records um here turn it up let's listen to a little okay. more music
think this um, I think this record is uh, a lot of contradictions in ways too because as like there isn't there isn't any room to breathe it's it's t- very tightly packed and every single inch is used of the sonic space but it also isn't so loud it's kind of like there's a lot of quiet points too so, right i, I mean know. that's the that is the weird contradiction in this is if you were looking for metal or like rock <laughs> right yeah you're not really going to get it yeah but if you're looking for sort of melody or danceability or singing along you're not going to get that either <laughs> no yeah. <laughs> yeah like i don't I'm, I'm trying and, to imagine that's a dance the whole shoegaze that would... thing i guess there's a lot of things that sound like this but like i when i think of curve a band that i very much equate to, to right. my bloody valentine sure they they're more way more danceable yeah yeah and their lyrics are much more front and center and understandable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right 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 but or like jesus and mary chain you know like it's still more they went there they got there but i mean at, in the beginning i mean i would say barbed wire kisses is definitely a record i would want to cover at some point because man that record was mind-blowing when i got that cassette and i was like i knew of them and i knew of the couple you know the tracks on 120 minutes but listening to that was like what the this is how they just normally play this is their right. sound? Holy shit. It's like they're like... That's, that's definitely got to go in the yeah. uh, to-do pile. Yep, yep, yep. Which, before we get to the end, I forgot yeah, to tell yeah. you, I've got a surprise for you at the end of the show. Well, okay. I was going to say, I know there's a new format. I was going to ask you about what the what the future picks oh, yeah, are going to be I'm changing like, up the so format. please tell me. Yeah. Okay, um, so at the end of the yeah, show... Yeah, tell me now. Tell me normally... Now. We, we pick, so you picked this ep, this album, so I will pick the next album, right? Yeah. Yep. So I thought it would be fun, and I don't know if we'll do this going forward, but just for this week, or maybe we can make it a permanent thing. Okay. I have picked three, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. Right. I'm going <laughs> to describe them in the vaguest terms I can come up with. Okay. Just like, like the most vague descriptions. Yeah. And you're, from my insanely vague description, I want you to pick one of them. I like so it. I have I picked like them. Okay, I but, like it. But the final pain and suffering of, of choosing the final choice kind <laughs> uh, of all to you. All right, so, so hit me. Yeah, tell me. Back, I'm into it. Because I like, I mean, I like how we've been reactive. Like you picked yeah. My Bloody Valentine because mm-hmm. Thurston Moore talked shit about My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> but I got nowhere to go from this one. Right. Um, although, actually... It's I, kind of a dead like, end. It's true. It's well, very light. Like, I could pick um, Barbed Wire Kisses or I could pick, yeah, but, pick um, Curves, uh, uh, whatever that was called, Doppelganger. Yeah, but you know what? We um, end up talking about the same shit, But then when we get though. in this like death spiral of shoegaze yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know how do you break out so that's what i was thinking yeah no i, I like this this is great this is a great way to break out because we need to yeah we can't do like a similar album at all i think no so i've i've got um i've got three racked ups and they're none of them are in this category at all so all right. when we when we get down to the to the choosing next week's album portion uh no no change up the I'll, format I'll, a tell me let's do it tell me the three i'm into it i'm gonna pick one right you're into it yeah. all right before we change up the format let's do the disclaimer yeah do it it's your turn okay um we don't own this music we just listen to it so if you don't want us to play it anymore just tell us we'll take it down and uh, we're sorry okay it's no big deal just take it easy i like i like your disclaimer it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, I made it personal. For the music, <laughs> I you made know, it personal. It's, uh, I mean, if we I start talking. making money off of this podcast, it'll be weird. I was and talking directly involved. to Kevin. But also, we're Kevin, not making any money. Kevin, so. I love you. I love you. Don't. Um, okay, bad. so that's a disclaimer. So next week, <laughs> it's uh, my turn to pick, a, pick, a, pick an album. No, it's my turn. Well, I'm going to gonna give you from three choices, yeah. and you're going to pick based on the I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Select it. Okay. okay, door uh, door let me, A. Let me get my notes here. Door number one. Door number one. Early two thousands mm. pop rock. Mm. Okay, that's it. That's the only. Okay. That's the only information I'm giving you about album number one. Okay, door number two. Door number two is from Finland. Oh, that's it. And that's all I'm giving that's you okay. for, okay. for door number two. Okay. Door number three <laughs> is. Yes. Probably the greatest post-metal album of all time. Oh my god! I mean, it's, you kind of 
No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not trying to. Let me, pick, let me take all you? of the adjectives out of that. It, it, it is a post metal album from the early 2000s. Oh, well, you already. Uh, uh, okay, see, wait. From from early 2000s. Yeah. Post metal. And I'm not. I'm not trying to convince you to pick that one. No, I, no, if you I pick know. Any of these, we will have a good time. So, so I'm just gonna. Not, I'm, I'm not just, trying to influence you. I just. I I'm got, just going I'm over this again. Number one, 2000s pop rock. 2000s, like, yeah, mainstream pop rock and roll. Mm. Number two, Finland. Finland. Number three, post-metal goodness. Post-2000s goodness. Not post-rock, not post-punk, post-metal. Shit. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with door number three. I got it. You're going with door number three. Yep. You and our audience are going to regret this choice. <laughs> no. um, door number three is the album Panopticon by the band Isis. Okay. <laughs> One of my favorite albums awesome. of all time. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm so glad you picked it. Um, I actually don't think you're going to regret it because I think we'll actually have a, a no, lot yeah, to talk about. Of course. Cool, man. All so, right. Isis. Yeah. The well, band Isis. The band ISIS, not the terrorist group ISIS. Absolutely not. Um, I haven't heard their music. It might be good. I actually have no <laughs> way to analyze whether or not their music is good. But we're talking about the uh, originally Boston and then Los Angeles-based band ISIS, headed by, uh, what's his name, Aaron Turner. Cool. All right, man. I am not that familiar with them. I know I've heard of some of their stuff. I don't know that record that you mentioned, so... Well, here's what I'm going to say Brand to new. both you and our listeners. Yes. It's one of those albums that starts off letting you think it's one thing. Yeah. It's very, like, metal. Like, it's got that Cookie Monster vocal thing going on. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. <laughs> just, 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 just go, like, ride the crest of that wave for a minute. Because right. by the time you get to the second half of the first track yeah. and the, the second, third, fourth tracks on the album... You're in a whole other place. All right. Um, so just just ride out the first five or four or five minutes, and 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 you know you can curse at me on live air the next time we talk. Um, but you know if you if you can kind of ride the crest of that wave, it does go someplace really cool. All right. Awesome. All right. So we're gonna thank you for bringing my bloody Valentine into my life. Absolutely. I'm yeah. I I thought you anyway. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I, well, like I said before, I'm surprised this wasn't in my life. Yeah, no, there's been. that's what this is about too. There's, a, there's, I know there's lots of records like that that you have. No, this is for I me. I mean, as like well. the, the 30 seconds after we listened to Gish by the Smashing Pumpkins, the <laughs> shittiest band up, ever, I deleted that off of my computer and promptly <laughs> forgot that I had ever heard it. Uh, but this one's going to stick around. This one's going into rotation. This will be a regular. Nice. All right, excellent, very good. Well, let's right. listen to Loomer. It'll take us out. Track nice. number two, and next week is Orchard.